This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes and at Facebook.com slash DCAU Review. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to episode 19 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, and uh, I am happy to invite along with us for this journey as we do every week my brother, co-host, and the guy that runs our Twitter, which you can find at DCAU Review on the Twitter bot, uh, my good brother Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 19 of the DCAU Review. we got a very special one today. Oh, we are pumped about this. we got a lot to talk about, so let's not dilly-dally. Let's get right into it. Uh, Liam, we are doing, as promised, as we mentioned on last week's episode briefly, this week's episode is World's Finest which, of course, is the first crossover, official crossover uh, of the DCAU between Batman and Superman. And uh, I got to admit, after we've seen a couple of these episodes that we had built up uh, and held so near and dear to us, yeah. specifically Brave New Metropolis, <laughs> uh, which gave us a little bit of a letdown, uh, I got to admit, I was a little nervous about watching this, worried that it might be a letdown, and uh, it wasn't. <laughs> no, at all. not at all. <laughs> it's still really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, uh, as we said, we got three parts. Long, long episode. Gary it was. It was. I believe originally aired as a as a TV movie. The Batman Superman movie, I believe, Correct. or Superman and, Batman movie. Yes, but uh, so it was, it was released on DVD as a movie, and I think also aired originally as a movie. But these are technically three episodes of the Superman. We're gonna uh, break it down two. into three acts. You got your three three different acts. It's three episodes. Right. Still, just one score for everything. We sort sure. of have a aggregated together as best we can, and uh, it's a very scientific method. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> we can we can we can jump right into plot here. Uh, it's it's pretty strong, man. Uh, from the opening moments, they say they starts in Gotham. You learn the Joker's having cash issues. Yep. So immediately you establish he has a reason to go seek out Lex and and steal this Kryptonite statue. To uh, to go try to kill Superman. Yep. And then from there we're kind of off to the races. You get the introduction of me- meeting Batman and Superman in in Act One. You get uh, them sort of butting heads there, and then you get uh, giant robot fights in in Acts Two and Three. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a subplot with Bruce and Lois yeah. and having starting this romance and. Clark is jealous in some ways because you know he has an you know he's basically invisible to Lois or he's very platonic, as we learned in Brave New Metropolis. Yes, <laughs> he's a very platonic friend. Uh, you also have the dynamic between Luthor and Joker and, and this very serious businessman and this maniacal, insane clown, both hell bent on destroying the heroes that plague their lives and it's a little more like jokers that he's just sort of wears his heart on his sleeve mm-hmm. where you know lex is you know has the you know the he's the wolf in sheep's clothing he has whereas, to be more tactful right whereas joker doesn't care 
yeah. about it. You know, about I mean, he wants everyone to know who he is. He, that's that's what he craves more than anything is for people to know who the Joker is and know that he's the greatest around. Right. And and it's funny because as villains, they're both feared by people just in very different ways. Luther is a, is a fear and respect for a lot of people. Some people, I'm sure, that know the criminal underbelly that lurks underneath the facade certainly fear him in that way. But the Joker is just feared for because he's unpredictable and insane. And clearly, they talk about it. You have Turpin that talks about... they know And Superman are aware of the Joker and who the Joker is. And it alludes that... Luthor, when in their first meeting, is aware and knows who the Joker is. Uh, also, so you know, it's it's very interesting. All these dynamics and their first interactions between these, and and of course the Superman Batman dynamic, and the you know neither of them trusts each other, and um, you know they don't really delve into the whole Batman v Superman. You know, Superman doesn't doesn't like what how batman operates but there is some of that and yeah the heat. There, there's not a there's not a dark knight returns level confrontation between these guys here right. but i mean you get i mean the first thing superman says to him practically is i, do, I don't want your your brand of vigilantism in my town or something right. like that so the idea of it's you know superman very much as we see at the start of the episode when he say uh, start of act one when he kind of saves air force one that lois happens to be on it's bright and it's in the daylight and then immediately it's contrasted when we see Batman it's it's night and he's going into this sort of sleazy nightclub and mm-hmm. shaking down gangsters for information so they're just immediately contrasting who these two guys are as people and why of course on their first meeting they would not like each other right they would not they wouldn't understand why the other one does things the way they do and then sort of over the course of these three acts these three episodes they come to understand, and then you know, sort of the very final moments of of the last part are, you know, Clark and and Bruce having a you know, a small conversation, sort of shake hands and and show their respect to each other, and they even even though it's you know it's not the way I would do it, it's I understand you know his method is is just as effective as mine. So yeah. I think it's uh, overall it's a really good story, and it, it begins here what we we later see in in more episodes of Superman, and certainly once we get to Justice League this sort of this brotherhood between these two that kind of all starts here and it's it's a great it's a great first chapter for that absolutely and i think that um i mean we'll talk about it when we get further in talking about voice acting and stuff but there's such a great dichotomy and back and forth between the contrasts between these characters whether it is your heroes in batman and superman the light and the dark or you know how they operate or the way that they choose to interact with criminals or um, you know the way they interact with people. You know it's it's in, it's interesting and fascinating to watch that. And then you have the dichotomy between Luther and the Joker, who are both insane in their own ways, uh, but then their interactions are very very interesting as well. And then you have the subplot between Luther and and Bruce with their you know Wayne yeah. Industries and and Luther Corps. Uh, Mercy and Harley as well sort of have this friendly <laughs> who's the tougher hench girl. Yep. rivalry going on. I wouldn't call it friendly. There's a lot of violence. No, you're right. There's a lot of violence between the two of them, and a lot of violence in this episode towards Mercy. Like, Mercy directly. definitely gets the worst of it in most uh, in most of these fights. She gets attacked by Harley in the first se- or second her, like, her scene. Her head smashed against concrete. 
with a giant punching, like a giant boxing glove. Spring-loaded boxing glove. Then she gets punched by Batman at some point. Yes. When Batman goes to interrogate Luthor. Then she gets beat up again, hit in the face with a yo-yo, and then in between there, there's a fight, a cat fight between her and Harley that takes place. Yeah, they just tear into each other and then... Beat each other with things. And then finally she's duct-taped to the side of a giant, like, T-Rex-sized murder robot, (laughs) and Superman almost punches through her accidentally and she may or may not have been electrocuted when he finally <laughs> when he finally disengages the robot That's correct but at the end she just has like a broken arm and a cast so i guess i uh, guess yeah, she's all right all's well yeah. all's well it's okay she's tough she's, yeah she, she she's takes, from the streets <laughs> That's right so she takes a, a lot of the punishment here but yeah overall i guess we can get into our scores yeah. uh, for plot here i gave eight out of ten uh there's a i mean a few minor things i guess i'll be the guy to nitpick this week Go ahead. uh Part, Somebody has in, to. Uh, in Act in Act Two and the beginning of Act Three, it's just they're just fighting robots a lot, and mm-hmm. certainly in the end, it's kind of you know Superman's fighting a robot, and Batman goes to chase the the, the flying wing uh, in the bat plane, and then they, and then there's some explosions. So I thought it was a little, it got a little paint by numbers. I think Act One in and of itself is pretty much perfect as an introduction to all these characters, as we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But then part once you get into the meat and potatoes of the of the rest of the episode, it's kind of just Superman and Batman kind of get on the same page, and then they have to fight some robots. So I went eight out of ten. It's still really strong. It's if you ever needed to introduce someone to the Batman and Superman characters, maybe if it's, if some, if you know somebody who didn't like Batman versus Superman, and you want to give them something completely different to see, this is probably still the number one answer I would give. Uh, it still holds up super well, which, as you mo- pointed out, is not always the case as we're going back over these. It's true. Very very true. I actually gave this a perfect score. 10, 10 out of 10 wow. for this one. Do we have uh, a sound effect for that? Uh, not yet. We'll come up with one, though. <laughs> Maybe by the time this the production on this episode is done. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I'm going to actually disagree with you with the robot thing, and, and I think that the only th- the only reason why I'm going to disagree with you, as we are, we're, we always agree. We're, we never <laughs> this disagree. Is, this is a rarity. We're going to have to get a disagreement sound effect, I, too. Uh, that, that, that can be in the works, too. <laughs> Emergency. Emergency. So, our disagreement alarm going off now. Uh, <laughs> my So, my idea with the robots is, and just thinking about it, is you have to have something... If, if it was just henchmen, if it was just Joker's henchmen or gang fighting Superman, that's going to be over very quickly because they're sure. they're not these guys aren't equipped with high tech. Uh, I guess you could have done some storyline where Luther was supplying them with high tech weapons or something like that, but that's that's a rabbit hole you don't need to get down. They already have the built-in plot point with Bruce and Lex working with these robots, and Lex wants to weaponize them and use them and sell them to the government, and uh, and Bruce isn't on hand with that. So you have these robots that, in in reality, if you think about it, Batman versus a 15 to 20 foot tall robot doesn't seem like a fair fight for him. But again, it's Batman. So of course, some sort <laughs> of gadget, you see he uses gadgets in, in the fight and is able to outsmart or out think the robots or whatever and it's not like batman hasn't defeated robots before there's some very prominent episodes uh in the original batman animated series where batman has to take on robots so he's he's dealt with dealing with artificial intelligence before um so you you create a threat that's big enough for superman to handle to be a threat to superman that isn't just guys with guns or guys with weapons uh but you also have the ability to kind of have batman also take it's not so big it's not like 
uh, it's not just kryptonite, or sure. it's not just something that Superman uh, can only affect Superman. So I, I appreciate, I, I get what you're saying. I think that if that, if that is, um, I, I think the giant robots are a, a fallback in a lot of cartoons. So I could see. I just think in the context of this episode, it works. So well, well it's not yeah. not just that either. It's also not ju- with the when they split up to go in the final act to. to Batman goes to chase Luthor and Joker. Superman has to stay behind and fight the one last giant robot. Mm-hmm. And then in, in Act 2, at the, I guess the end of Act 2 and the beginning of Act 3, uh, you also have these moments where Superman has to... Uh, is, is conveniently offshore dealing with this cruise ship that's sinking, which they needed to have a reason why he wasn't there so Batman could fight this robot. So it felt like we kept inventing reasons to keep Superman on the sidelines sure. here. And I feel like we saw that a little bit in the first season of Justice League too, where you would just you pump up the way to pump up a a villain threat would just be to have him like knock out Superman immediately. Sure. Um, they do explain it though in this episode. Luthor did it on purpose so that he could try and kill Batman because that true. was his that was his goal was to kill Batman. He thought that the distraction of the ship the cruise ship being being blown up would keep Superman away long enough to kill Batman. It just didn't. Very true. So they they do there is point there counterpoint, is, Liam. <laughs> there is there is an internal logic to everything. I guess it just depends on whether or not you uh, appreciate the them coming up with reasons for Superman to kind of be busy and having Batman kind of have to not be able to just rely on a guy who can just smash the things in in two seconds. Sure, absolutely. I'm with you. So ten out of ten for me. Eight out of ten for you for plot. All right, uh, ready to move on to music. All right, yes, let's sir. Talk, let's talk a little bit about music, Liam. Um, I, I gave music eight out of ten. Um, pretty high score for that. I think it. There's a lot of a lot of good stuff in this episode. It didn't because it's Batman and Superman and Luther and Joker and Harley and Gr- and Mercy and <laughs> you know and, and everybody that's in this episode. Uh, I don't think music was needed in a lot of places. That that's not to say that it isn't used and it it, it just like we talk about so frequently. It's not an episode that. What needed the distraction? With that said, there are some cool musical uh, points here. There's a scene where the first scene where the Joker uh, gets Superman to to show up after he captures Lex, uh, after he c- captures Lois, and uh, he brings him in. And he, he hits him with the acid, and the kryptonite f- finally starts working. And you know that he's very Joker, like dancing around and shocking him with the joy buzzer. Yeah. And, uh, the music in the background—it sounds like somebody playing like a like a saw or something. It's very creepy, very eerie. Not your traditional Joker theme either. It's Correct. something that's unique for this episode, um, but it works really well. It's it's creepy and it and it works well and and it's and it adds to that scene. It adds to the goofiness, but also like the creepiness of the Joker himself. Right. In in this moment, he's and this is just before he's alerted that Batman has also made his way into the building. So he's sort of just it, this is him at his happiest. He's reveling in the fact that he's he's gotten Superman. He's melted his anti kryptonite suit, and he's got he like he's got him. This is it. He's gonna win. He's gonna get paid, and then he can go home and start blowing up Gotham again. So this is this is like this is the happiest Joker, and so he's just kind of his way of expressing his joy is to dance around and then also inflict additional pain on Superman 
as he's already kind of <laughs> laying there dying from the kryptonite. Right. So, it's, it, yeah, it's a pretty great uh, Joker moment. Uh, and it's, it's punctuated by the music. Like, the music, music does a great job with it. What about... Uh, so, my, my score for music was 8 out of 10. That, that scene was the one that kind of stuck out for me. I think there's some good... Good musical notes in the last scene, too, where he steals the giant wing. Um, which, by the way, we didn't talk about the fact that he then, after he steals this giant, what has to be like, I don't know, 300 foot long <laughs> uh, flying wing, he then it's... has Harley Quinn paint it, customize it over what we can only imagine was what, days because of the size be, of it? Right? And she just has like a little spray can. It's not like she has some big industrial uh, painting device. She's she just turns... like on a, on a stair lift or something, just. Painting into a yeah. giant smile, both sides, mind you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> just in case he wants to flip it upside down, which in he, front of the moon to yes, make it look like a giant smile. Does, yes, he does the Batman eighty nine thing with his with his smile in front of the moon. Which so is pretty good, great. so good. But uh, yeah, I went for music. I went six out of ten. It's uh, like I said, I think it's it's strong. I think in part one, you get the reintroduction of the of the classic Batman theme of the uh-huh. Joker theme. Uh, you get some of the Superman theme when he's saving the uh, when he's saving the plane that's being hijacked in in, uh, in Act One, and then to me it, after that scene in in Part Two where the Joker is dancing and torturing Superman, I, it kind of just falls into the background at that point for mm-hmm. me. There's a little bit in Part Three that I think, as you mentioned, I thought the there's a little bit of a sinister undertones when uh, when Lex and Mercy go to double cross Joker and Harley. Um, and then I also, I like, there's the, most of the music that played during the, the Lois and Bruce scenes, which we didn't talk about a ton in plot, because I don't think either of us were giant fans of that, just as an idea. Yeah, I thought it was kind of, you, you did a good job before we went on kind of explaining why you felt like they needed a D or E plot or whatever, and it does create a little bit of tension between Bruce and Clark. Sure. But I I felt like it wasn't needed. And that's, and that's fair, but, uh. The music for that episode, uh, for those scenes, I thought was very nice. It's very mm-hmm. understated. A lot of soft piano and strings. So uh, those were the highlights for me. I, like I said, I went six out of ten. Uh, it started to blend into the background. I think by the end for me, but mm-hmm. some, certainly some some high points. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. Uh, so we're moving right along here. Uh, Liam, I'm going to start talking here. I'm going to give you the mic first to talk about animation and visuals because much like you were in Brave New Metropolis, I am filled with rage <laughs> <laughs> over this, over this, the animation in this, this, uh, specifically, well, I'll get into it in a second. Okay. So why don't you talk about your, your thoughts on visuals right. and animation? Right. I, I gave visuals seven out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, part one is pretty darn perfect. I think. Uh, everybody looks. This is obviously our first look at the the new adventures of Batman. All the, all the models, right. you know, the new suits, the new costumes, the new looks for everybody. You get to see Commissioner Gordon, Harvey Bullock. You get to see Commissioner Post, whatever yes. illness he had <laughs> that has caused him to lose so yes, much weight. We, we talked about fan theories on our last episode. <laughs> that's I think another one that's been around for a while that. He definitely had like prostate cancer or something between seasons, and <laughs> something that caused him to lose an enormous, alarming amount of weight. Yes, maybe he just had gastric bypass. Could be. Could well, be. Let's just hope. But that anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you get to see the new look of everybody, and I thought that some of the gangsters that popped up were were pretty well designed. So I think from a design standpoint, everything's really on point for this episode. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, some of the animation, which I'm going to let you talk mm. about the the majority of in a second here. <laughs> It does let you down in Act Two, certainly, Ooh. and parts of uh, and parts of Episode Three as well. So you kind of got to look for, uh, 
from the good with the bad, but I thought the strong points, which is pretty much all of part one, and then the final act, uh, you know, final eight minutes or so of of the last part, I thought were so strong that uh, that it's worth uh, a pretty strong score for me here. So I went uh, seven out of ten. Um, do you differ in opinion somehow? I would say I greatly differ in opinion, <laughs> and I am going to do my best to remain in control of my emotions here. Uh, but if this was the 1970s Incredible Hulk TV show and I were Bill Bixby, my eyes would be turning green right now. Um, crossover. <laughs> um, d- d- Oh my gosh. So, like you said, Act 1 is, or Episode 1, or whatever you want to call it, is pretty darn perfect. Everybody looks good, uh, from Batman to Superman, and, and everybody in between. Everybody's on, on pretty much on, on character uh, point, and uh, I don't know what happened, and I think uh, you had some insight based on one of the director's commentaries that was on the DVD uh, for this, that they went ahead and they had to outsource some of the storyboarding for what appears to be all of episode two and three quarters of the third part. And believe me, it shows. It is <laughs> so bad. It looks like I mean, there were there's the the one scene where Luther and Joker we just laughed. It looked like it looked like a scene out of like Tiny Toons or something. Luthor's head is gigantic. His hands, his face is so super expressive, and his eyes are about like the size of like I I like, I don't know like the Joker. Okay, so you can say what you want about the new look design, spy versus spy Joker design. Not my favorite of the Joker designs. I don't hate it. I know there's a lot of people out there oh, yeah. that hate the the new Batman Adventures Joker design. Never really hated it. I was okay with it. The problem with it is is that they didn't ever seem to consistently animate him in a way that looked realistic. I don't know. He always looks just bizarre. I don't know. And I, I think we when we were doing Joker episodes from Batman the Animated Series, there were some episodes where the Joker looked goofy also. Right. So, but we also had a more of a frame of reference to what he is normally looking like. Right. So when he was super off model and he had those like big black lines right. around his eyes and stuff, it was a little more obvious. Whereas here it's just you're not quite sure until you see it, and like there's a close-up where his hair's like really swooped back, it, and his eyes are bulging oh in kind of a gosh. weird way. Then Bat- Batman's character model—he's got what'd you call it—the tick chin. He's got the giant chin that's like jutting out like a moon. He's got like a moon face, but then his ears are super long and swooped back like a dog. Like it's—it's <laughs> it's just. Bad, so so bad, and it just it took me. It was so bad that it took me out of the episode. Like wow. I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting here. I'm like, this is awful. This is this is terrible. <laughs> Everybody looked bad. Every every scene. The only the only person that looked somewhat normal was Superman. But even that, like, there were parts where he was also not around for a lot of the right. The second two, episode, so. second episode was mostly. Batman, Bruce, and, and Lois, like with a little bit of Joker and, and Luther in there, so it stood out like a sore thumb. And that went all the way through the third part up until the act with the giant robots, where they kind of seemed to get their storyboard act together, and the normal storyboard artists were back. But I'm, it took me out of the entire episode and really brought the score. Like at the beginning, I remember remember remembering that there were some parts of this episode that seemed to be off 
And that and that's from not seeing this from I don't know yeah. at least probably five years since I've seen this episode, but remembering five maybe ten years since I've seen this episode. Nah, definitely not ten years, but five years for sure. Not having seen this episode, but remembering that there was some stuff off kilter. But I did not remember it being this bad. My score for this is a four out of ten. Wow! And that's with saying that the first part was pretty darn close to perfect. If I was breaking this down, part one probably probably nine, maybe even a ten. Part two, like one. Part <laughs> part three, because you have three quarters of the episode that is awful. Probably like a three, like a like wow. a three or a four. It's it's just so bad and distracting, and just took me out of this. And like, I really wanted this to be like the perfect episode. Like, oh, let's give it all perfect scores. Nope, I don't know if that we, exists. We anymore. haven't found that. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Somehow, I don't That's think that's our it white exists. whale. That's here. It. We're gonna find it one day, but not today, sir. Because the animation and visuals were awful. Bad, 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 bad. I would say if they kept maybe more to wide shots, it wouldn't have been as noticeable. But there's a lot of like super, and again, maybe that's the Japanese influence coming through. But super a lot expressive. of super close up uh, of everybody: Batman, Lois, uh, Joker, Lex. And they all have, like, there's an extra... And one of the things we've mentioned, obviously, with the Superman uh, character designs, with the new Adventures of Batman character designs, was that it was streamlined. There was less detail. Mm -hmm. So when you see, like, all these extra wrinkles and more detail in their teeth and their eyes getting all bugged out when they're angry, like, it's it's really jarring and noticeable just how different it is. So I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's, uh, like, it's bad. It's really bad. Uh, please, let's move on to our <laughs> final category so some of this rage can dissipate. Uh, Liam, let's talk about voice acting. I think we both have the same score for this, but uh, why, why don't you... Any any special guests this week that we have to worry about? No, right? Not it's, really. It's all the... It's all the, the old this is the all-star works. team. This is the all-star team. Let's this, be honest. This, this, this is the this, dream team. This is the Mount Rushmore of DCAU, maybe. This like, is the 92 USA basketball team right <laughs> here. We got the dream team together for... And so we have your Clancy Browns, your Mark Hamill, you got Kevin Conroy, Tim Daly, Dana Delaney, you even have a little Ephraim Zemplis Jr., hashtag my Alfred, Absolutely. Bob Hastings, uh, you got Joey Baloney, you got... Uh, <laughs> yes, Dan. We got Dan Turpin and uh, Bullock. Unfortunately, we never get interaction between that Turpin and Bullock. That would have been great. <laughs> like, how there wasn't an episode at some point where, like, Turpin and... and, and uh, Maggie teamed up with Montoya and Bullock. I don't know. Yeah, man, now or we're some just, kind of tie-in comic or something. I don't know. But we're just dreamboarding here. Yes, now. that's now we're we're doing fanfic. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, it's it's tremendous. You got everybody, and of course, uh, this is our first episode where we've talked about Harley Quinn. This is obviously right. not her first appearance, right? Which is why we're not really focusing on her when her first appearance comes, and we will get to that relatively soon. Yep. Um, we'll 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 talk plenty about Harley Quinn. Don't you worry. But this is our first time officially talking about. Uh, Arlene Sorkin as as Harley Quinn. Really good, by the way. She's tremendous. And there's a lot of people who do it since she retired. Her last role, I think, was the Arkham Asylum video game Mm -hmm. in in 2009. And uh, Tara Strong does a pretty good Harley Quinn. She's she's serviceable. Uh, Hinden Walsh, who more people know as Starfire on the Teen Titans uh, cartoons, has done it for The Batman and a few other projects. Um, the girl from the Big Bang Theory did it in Batman and Harley Quinn. It the was, less we say about that, the better. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I mean, there's there's no substitutes. This character was designed and created with this actress Arlene in mind. She was a friend of Paul Dini's, 
So, of course, she's the only one that's ever going to be, like, the perfect fit to play her. There will never be... As much as... I, you know, I liked Margot Robbie as her in the live-action Suicide mm-hmm. Squad movie. That might be the only good part <laughs> of the live-action Suicide Squad. The only Squad. redeeming thing from that um, godforsaken movie. Yes, but... Um, just, yeah, so special shout-out to Arlene there, since that's our, our first time talking about Harley at all. But, yeah, I went 10 out of 10 for voice acting, like you said. We, we collected Pokemon. We collected them all, baby. Yeah, like, we, we got go. every great, Crossover. Er, great actor. <laughs> Plus, as a, a little trivia note, this is the second time that Dana Delaney has broken Bruce Wayne's heart. Oh. Aww. Poor Bruce. No, I, no, I'm I'm with you. I mean, like we talked about, as far as the plot is concerned, as far as the interactions between these characters, but you get Clancy Brown and Mark Hamill on the screen at the same time, and they're both like, oh, just great. And then you get your Tim Daly and Kevin Conroy together, Kevin Conroy and Dana Delaney, Kevin Conroy and Clancy Brown, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill and Tim. It's it's everybody, just right. You mix and match, and everybody's great together. Yeah, that's the craziest part. It's so good. Yeah, I, I gave it ten out of ten too. I don't think it, you get you even get a Bibbo Bibbo Bibboski. Right, I can't even say uh, his name. Brad, I'm so excited. Brad Bibbo Biboski. He's so excited. A little Brad Garrett in there. You, Absolutely. You get. You get. It's an all-star show. Absolutely. Like, it, and it. And they don't. They don't disappoint at all. It's. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. So that's. Uh, that's what I got for voice acting. Well, I have to ask now. Are there any bonus points this week? Let's listen. Aha! There is. There is a, that's a new bonus point sound, by the way. We're going with a new bonus point sound since the quality of our original bonus point sound effect was so poor. Um, so a new bonus point sound just happens to be the Joker theme from this episode. Uh, bonus point is going to go something that we noticed actually in the very first scene, Liam, uh, which ended up being a pretty cool – I don't think it was an intentional Easter egg, but as you called it, a retroactive Easter egg – uh, in the yeah. very first scene of this episode, the Joker goes to steal this, what they call a jade statue of the Laughing Dragon, which just so happens to be made out of kryptonite. And uh, as they're doing research on it, Batman, uh, the break-in happens in Gotham. Batman goes and takes a piece of the, the statue that was left behind and starts doing some analysis on it. And uh, he discovers the history of the statue itself. And it's a little bit of a it's, a, it's a very short clip that you would miss if you're not listening for it. But he mentions that the statue had been carved out, or maybe been Alfred who was even telling the story. I forget who was telling the story. Yes. That the, 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 the statue itself had been carved 30 years prior. So 30 years before this, which makes sense because if Kryptonite, if Superman's around 30 years old, right. that's when Kryptonite would have arrived. So they're, somebody carved this rock uh, out of Kryptonite. Or this statue out of kryptonite, and he mentions that the the owners, or the statue itself, has had a tumultuous past, and that the prior owners, each of them, had passed away from an illness. Yes. So they believe that the statue itself was cursed, and Batman says, "Well, it makes sense because the the uh, piece of piece of the statue that he has is giving off low levels of radiation, and of course, going later on, we know that." That is what caused, ultimately, Lex Luthor's cancer, which causes him to 
uh, go through the stuff with Amazo and try and get himself a new body and the whole story arc of him yes. him no longer being the businessman and him being the straight up supervillain and then the stuff with Brainiac later on and then the whole like it, it's all tied in with that yeah and just that little that little note where of course you know, later we find out Lex is carrying this piece of kryptonite around with him <laughs> at all times just in case he ever has a chance to use it on Superman and yeah and just the idea that just they would put that into the you know into the the quote unquote bible for the show that early on that yeah if you carry if you're that that close to an irradiated piece of rock for years yep. you're going to get you're going to get sick somehow and obviously the worst case scenario which we see Lex go through later in Justice League so that yeah that's a that's a tremendous little bit that they were able to connect again I'm sure retroactively right. but they had already established in this kind of throwaway line that uh, you know, I mean, which I mean, yeah, he's that <laughs> kryptonite can give you will will make you sick if you even if you're not Superman right. or Supergirl or, right. and you're around it for long enough. Super cool. I and we just it was like man, boy, boy and you're, you know your mind explosion mm-hmm. like just great, just a cool little Easter egg that they threw in there, and uh, certainly one like you said that has uh, radiating. N- Pun intended. <laughs> We're gonna need a pun sound effect too. <laughs> Radiating throughout the uh, the I want DC this show to be like sixty percent sound effects by the time. That's the goal. By the time we hit like episode thirty, then every episode will be like two hours <laughs> and like an hour of sound effects and an hour of us actually discussing the episode. I, I mean, who wouldn't want to listen to that? Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's super cool. So that brings my final total with my bonus point up to thirty-three out of forty, which. Not sure. I'll have to do, go back and do some research, but that's a pretty high score. Uh, back in back in the 30s for our Superman. Technically, this is listed as a Superman episode, even though it's a crossover. Right. Takes takes place in the uh, in Metropolis. Most of it does. So I guess technically it's a Superman episode, or they classify it as a Superman episode. Um, but that's uh, back in the 30s for our Superman episodes here, Liam. What about your? What was your final score? Yeah, mine uh, back in the 30s as well. I no, uh, went 31 out of 40, so not not too much uh, disparity Shocking. between those two. But I would, I mean, it's kind of surprising considering how low your animation score was. But I think that shows what we've talked about before, which is when kind of one of these four categories lets you down. A lot of times the other two two or three of the other categories are going to lift you right up. So when you have strong music and a strong plot and exemplary voice acting, then you can kind of forgive the fact that the animation was uh, so rage-inducing for you. <laughs> I will never forget how rage-inducing <laughs> that second episode is. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, with that, let's start wrapping things up. Uh, thanks for listening to us today. Uh, as always, whether you're listening to us on iTunes, if you've subscribed to us on there, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review. Uh, that will help our podcast out immensely, get us a little bit of traction on there, get us some more listeners, which we would love to have. Of course, we value you, the listener, right now. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, you can also check us out on the Google Podcast app. We are available on there. Just search for DCAU Review if you're a droid guy you don't have iTunes you can find us on there you can also always stream us directly at dcaureview.com and uh, Liam where can they interact with us that's what I really want to know you can head on over to twitter.com twitter.com you can find us at dcaureview I love talking with people I always say it start a show say it at the end of the show because I really do love it Uh, talking with people about the shows we're reviewing what shows might be coming up that we're going to be reviewing 
uh, talking with other people who do similar podcasts or similar projects, uh, you know, the Watchtower Database guys and, and people like that. Super fun community to be a part of. I, 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 like, I like seeing, like, fan art that people do in, in the style of the animated series. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to just interact with people that also love this stuff. So definitely hit us up on Twitter. You can go to Facebook if you really want to, but there's a reason why we don't use it much, and I'm going to switch it around this week and ask you, Cal, why don't we use our Facebook very much? Our Facebook is not used very much because Facebook rules with an iron fist, (laughs) much like Superman did in Brave New Metropolis. (laughs) They are vicious dictators. That allow us to have no fun and make us go to bed at 10 a.m. and it, or 10 p.m. And if you want to stay up past that and get any people to interact with your page, they make you pay real money. <laughs> so we refuse to give our money to Mark Zuckerberg and those dic- vicious dictators with their red S's and their leather gloves and their I'm, lack of cape. I'm, How did we not talk about cape movement on this episode, Liam? You had double capes and you missed your opportunity. It wasn't that much. Batman's wearing a jetpack for half the. How dare you, sir? At the end of episode one, there is an excellent opportunity for hashtag cape movement. He does swoop his cape open to reveal the kryptonite. Also, he's on the top of the building as he finds out Clark's true identity. Lots of cape movement there, but it's too late, my friend. You lost your chance. No hashtag cape movement this week. All right. With that, I guess we will begin wrapping things up here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, As always, I'm your host, Cal. And I'm Liam, and I'll talk about double the cape movement next week just to make up for it. (laughs) We will talk to you guys on the next episode. Goodbye.